today our episode is about the piano. Are you feeling pianotastic today? Uh, sorry, I apologize. I forgot to unmute myself. Hi. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds I, like, I, I, I gave out a sentence and stopped and thought that the reaction from you there was none. I thought, what the, I mean, why didn't she say anything? <laughs> That's why I was unmute. <laughs> I have to unmute myself. That's a great expression. We have to use that somewhere. I, I have to unmute myself. <laughs> yeah, with all yeah, this new technology, I'm, I'm, I'm having a this, bit. Um, go ahead. <laughs> I'm saying with all this new technology, there's all these new words like Google became a verb, and now you just came up with I have to unmute myself. <laughs> 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 it's so funny. You know, before we call, I mean, just a minute ago, I had, uh, it was sort of a depressing day. I had a few drinks earlier, don't be too hard on me. But now it's much better. We just exchanged exchanged a few words and now I feel much better. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, well, my day, my day started off with, I slept really, really well. So I slept later than usual. Then I just looked for my phone, which had dropped onto the floor. Then I picked it up and I read what you had written. It's like, okay, then let me just figure out how to respond to this. So I just just took a shower. Then I got got read. You know, I did a little bit of writing. Then I thought, okay, let me fix some coffee. Then the fire alarm went off. <laughs> it was like kind of a busy morning, but yeah, okay, let's never, uh, let's do yeah, never a dull moment. Let's do piano. Okay, we're starting over. No, 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 continue. No, you I mean, can't why, record. why would we start it over? No, I don't want all of that in public. I want to have why? a fresh start. I mean, what? It went so it went well. Why wouldn't you want it in public? <laughs> my, my life I mean, is cares? not. What okay, the okay. worst that can happen? Yeah, lots of shit can happen. Yeah, okay, so we'll just let's continue. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, you didn't say anything compromising, right? Nope. Nobody saw you for some time because we don't have a video recording. So it's only sound, which I like. And uh, right. if we continue, I mean, I think that's okay. okay I love well, the spontaneous moments, which are not supposed to be on air, but they are. These are definitely spontaneous moments. And I would like for you to mute yourself for just a moment, quietly mute yourself. And I want to welcome our, uh, I was going to say victims, our, not customers, our subscribers to our episode called Piano. And I think everybody has some memories or little ideas about piano songs they've heard, or maybe they took lessons, or maybe they tried to take lessons, or maybe a piano caught on fire. Um, When did you get started? by being interested in the piano? Well, uh, many years ago, um, I had this um, psilocybin trip. You know, it's, um, I don't want to talk about that, but okay. On a remote Scottish island, I was um, in the UK at the time. And, um, and I heard that music, I don't know where it came from. 
Uh, and it felt like a therapy, really. Like, uh, I don't know, music therapy, if you please. And then it so took an unexpectedly quiet turn. I thought, well, I uh, always wanted to learn to play piano. I came into this um, small hotel, like two-story building, not very old. And there was this woman playing piano. And since then, I've um, kind of been in and out playing myself. But you know, you have to you have to have piano in order to practice. It's not like guitar or violin. So you have oh, to. Oh yes, that is yeah, so true. I would. So like I bought to myself a digital it. one, which is easy to carry. I mean, it's not easy to carry, but still, it's much easier than the real you one. Mean like a keyboard. Keyboard. Yeah, no, it's a full-scale piano, like 88 keys. Casio, I guess. Yeah, it's the same size, only it's digital. But every time I play, I <laughs> I catch myself thinking, you know, the live sound, I mean, it sounds the same, very much the same. Um, and feels and sounds so much like the real thing, but still somehow, you know, that's not the life. Because yes, the vibration you have from a real instrument is a little bit different. They go through you, and you feel like you heal. You've been healed. That is that is a beautiful story. Uh, we have been working on our other story, drop and roll, and there's going to be some new installments. Um, there, there's going to be a part which will include something about abandoned vibrators on the shore of life. So some of you might want to listen to that. Listen to that. Um, we have new subscribers, and we like to thank them. I have some uh, memories of of pianos and real pianos versus, you know, keyboards, digital, electronic. Da 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 da. So many moons ago, uh, when I was younger, I thought maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll have a husband. And my idea of a husband was someone who would just go to work and then go away. And then I would have a daughter who would be able to play chess and play a piano. So these were my young ideas about marriage. The purpose of a man was to, he should just have a job and then go away. And, and then I will have a daughter who plays the piano and knows how to play chess. Now they say that every man wants to have a son. Do you think that that's something that's true in general, that men want to have sons, just kind of in general? Oh, uh, well, now when you ask me, I say that um, it's a huge responsibility and I would like to have a son, but now I think I've been blessed with two kids, uh, with two daughters and um, uh, I, I see, uh, maybe I'm getting old, but I see God's will in everything. So I, I neither, what's the expression? I cannot confirm neither confirm deny. nor deny. <laughs> Is that how they say? Yes, 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 yes. Well, you know, well, I uh, can this neither idea, confirm nor deny. This, this uh, dream I had of the daughter that would play piano and play chess, I don't even know how it started, but... It turns out that that I I did have a mathematician <clears throat> husband, uh, and then I'm also 
you know, liberal arts, writing, art. I'm like music and art and writing, you know. So um, we we had we had one daughter, and and then I was wondering, like, well, how could it be possible to have a second daughter that would be as amazing as the first daughter? Because the first daughter has the gift of oratory. She's a fabulous public speaker. She is a wonderful arguer, and and she is quite a formidable person. But I remember when the second daughter was going to be born, I looked into this closet. I was kind of laying in a on a bed, staring into this closet. Not you know, a few weeks before the second daughter was going to be born, I kept thinking, how could there be anyone more amazing than and then the first daughter. And uh, and I thought, ah, oh, maybe this will be the daughter that plays piano and can play chess. So this was before, you know, daughter number two was born. So it turns out that, that daughter number two, both, both are beautiful and amazing in their own right. But um, this is all good coming back to the piano. Okay, so um, at one point in time, I, I, I'm old school. You know, no keyboards for me, no artificial sweetener. I need real butter. I need real bourbon. I need real coffee and I need a real piano. So the uh, second daughter, uh, you know, grew up and very young, very early on, her father taught her to play chess. So she was playing chess when she was in the second grade. She was maybe, maybe seven or eight years old. And when she was in elementary school, she was on the chess team and this was all boys. And I thought this was amazing to have this kick-ass daughter who could beat the boys at chess. And then I remember she came home from school one day, I think I, think I was still married at the time. And she said, I'm not going to play chess anymore. And what I wanted to do was strangle her. But you know, as a parent, you cannot strangle your kids every time you're mad at them. Isn't that right? Every time you mad at your kids, you cannot do what? Strangle them, like kill them. Strangle. Every time no, you're mad, you can't. No, like I'm it. against. I mean, I don't know how. I, I, we have these um, scientists in Russia, in Soviet Union, back like, 50 years ago, who was very reputable in terms of uh, young generation, how to... Uh, discipline children. Discipline children, right. It's a huge study, I don't know. But personally, I, I, again, maybe I'm getting old, but I think first of all, you should use your own, yourself as example. Any kind of punishment, I mean, sometimes it's needed, especially with boys, I think. But I guess, again, maybe it's all genetically predisposed. If, if, if man is created to be bad, he'll stay bad throughout his life. No matter how many times you punish him or how many times you force him to read the Bible, for instance. So you right. cannot strangle your child or kids for things you don't like, especially like, especially that, you know, maybe, hey, you ever heard the theory that we are, as uh, being a spiritual beings, we are sort of your kids, maybe it's possible that they lived out their like 50s life and you're only going through your 20s and metaphysically speaking, metaphorically, they're older than yourself. 
Okay, let's pause on that because we have a lot to digest here. Yes, I have heard and, um, you know, as I have, have grown older, I have found that sometimes the words that I taught my children have come back to be used on me. That means uh, some of the things that I've said to them as I was raising them, like, if you would just focus, you could get this accomplished. So I have grown up to hear those words spoken by one of my daughters. You know, I'm, you know, it's like, who's the adult here? Like, if you would just focus, you could get this accomplished. So the idea of the, of the well, child is the father to the man is, is a famous poem, words from a famous poem, but dragging this back to the piano, I really do feel like some of the karma or providence of God is worked out through our children and with our children. And, you know, actually we, we learn certain things from our children and I think our children actually teach us. I know that uh, uh, when this child was, was playing chess, um, I explained to her that you can leave the chess club, but not until you finish. You finish the semester. So I believe that people could choose what they want to do, but they need to finish what they start. So uh, she, I just asked her, well, why do you want to, you know, leave the chess club? You're winning, you're winning contests and look at your nifty little trophies. She goes, I don't know, my girlfriends, we want to be crossing guards. We're going to wear a badge and have a stick with a flag on it, and we're going to be directing traffic. So remember, these are little eight and nine-year-old girls. And I thought, okay, choose your battles. I go, okay, go ahead. So, you know, she was a crossing guard for a while, then she grew up, and then she always had these really beautiful long hands fingers and there used to be sort of a joke in our family of you know where did this beautiful daughter come from because she didn't we didn't really think she looked like me and didn't really look like her father and didn't seem to resemble aunts and uncles but she had these really beautiful hands and both girls i i took them to piano lessons you know for about six weeks and no, one girl was 15 and the other one was 11. And, you know, the 15-year-old didn't much care for it because she had to follow actions. And um, so she quit piano. But the other one did not like the piano lessons because she didn't want, she did not want to play what she called baby songs. She wanted to play real music. So we, we stopped piano private lessons for a while. And then uh, uh, somebody who lived next door to us knew that one of the daughters liked to play piano. And she said, well, then I was divorced. And uh, this neighbor, Martha, she said, well, would you like to buy my piano? And I'm thinking, my God, this is amazing. We'd only have to move it from one apartment to the next. And I, I go, well, I don't have all the money for it right now. She goes, well, you live next door to me. You can just pay it pay it in time. So we bought this upright piano and shoved it into my apartment and voila, I had a daughter who had fingers and she had a piano. And that piano, I moved several times. 
to another apartment upstairs, to another apartment across town. I paid more money for the moving of that piano because I wanted my daughter to play on a real piano. So for me, if you ask me, would I rather have my money back or the daughter playing piano? I would say every single penny was, was worth it because when she came home from college, the piano was there. And I, I love to go to sleep with her playing piano in another room. And what was interesting is she taught herself to play piano and she played classics and she, she never played baby, baby songs. And she loved to just tinker on the piano and create. Now, do you like to just sort of tinker around and create things or do you, what are some, what are some composers you like to listen to or? Uh, personally, I'm not good at improvisation. So I basically read the music and play it. But by the way, it's very similar to how how you drive the car because um, you are sort of playing the piano while looking at the shit music simultaneously. Muscle memory means a lot, especially if you practice since your childhood. Uh, my, my personal favorite would be Sviridov. I sent you a piece yesterday, a video called Snowstorm. It's a Russian composer. Uh, they say Rachmaninoff is great, but it's, he, he's very difficult to play. Uh, that needs to be Olympic level skills in order to play Rachmaninoff's all well, four concertos. I guess there is only one person in the world who can do it. Um, so basically, um, you spelled the name of the person you like because you said it a little fast, and I wasn't really familiar. How do you spell the name of the the composer you like? S something S. Sviridov. Can you spell it? Georgi. Georgi. Would that be the equivalent in American? No, no, no. What I'm saying, you just, you just said a name that I couldn't understand. S-V-I-R. What is the person's name? I think that would be spelled as S-V-I-R-I. D O O E. Yeah, I guess Suridov. And the, okay. the piece there, the piece is titled um, The Snowstorm. It's easy to Google. I, no, I can spell snowstorm, but I'm saying snowstorm yeah. is a is a title of movies and everything. But but I actually listened to that snowstorm and it, it's really quite beautiful and it's it's very haunting. Uh, I, I I think my daughter would like to would like to play that. Uh, I, you I ever, know that you ever tried have, yourself? Have I ever cried? No, you ever tried playing piano yourself? Uh, I'm not a piano person. I'm guitar. I play guitar. I used to play guitar. I, but uh, well, yeah, I used to play piano when I was in the fifth grade. A lot of things happened to me around the number five and fifteen, like. When I was five years old, it was a good year. When I was 15 years old, it was a good year. After that, it's been pretty much downhill. No, uh, when I was in the fifth grade, I went to a Catholic school called Holy Family. And uh, we wore uniforms and we had music and art lessons. And we would go into this big room that had um, had a piano and we would we would learn different little piano songs. And I remember in the summertime, we would go up to the, this was in San Antonio, we'd go, go up to the building where Holy Family was 
big brick building. And my sister and I would just sneak into the piano room and my sister and I would play uh, little little duets that some of them we, we knew and some of them we made up. So I guess I played piano a little bit when I was in fifth grade. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned guitar and I thought, wow, I mean, this is next level because in my view, playing guitar is much harder than piano. Well, you know, guitar, there's a lot of musicians around Dallas, you know, Ryan Berg, Nick Snyder, Mitchell Ferguson, Sean Pittman, uh, so many musicians that are just so fabulous. And I, I have followed, you know, musicians and artists for, for some years. And, uh, you know, Wendy is with a band called Sugarbush. She's, she's the lead singer. But, but uh, you know, yeah, guitar is, is really quite wonderful. One of my favorite guitar players in Dallas is Texas Slim. And he has a really great song called Come Have Coffee With Me. So we've got some episodes about coffee, you know, several, several seasons back. But I, I would say that one of my favorite uh, uh, pianists and piano experiences, I love Glenn Gould, G-O-U-L-D, his Goldberg variations on Bach, B-A-C-H. So um, when my children had grown up, uh, one of them lived on the near Manhattan and Brooklyn, and the other one moved to Portland. So they were on the different coast, different coasts. But I went uh, to go visit <clears throat> the lawyers. And uh, I, I used to always have a cat. So my son-in-law referred to me as mom cat. Mom cat, we have a surprise for you. I go, oh, okay. So we were going to go to midnight mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral or some beautiful place in Manhattan. And it was, a, it was the night before the night before Christmas. So they said, well, you know, let's get dressed up. I go, okay, why? He goes, well, we're going to go eat Chinese food. Oh, okay. So I get dressed up and they get dressed up and we, they're driving. And uh, we go to this place where a barge is parked, a B-A-R-G-E. And there is a famous, uh, like, fitted out for a concert a series of, of performances called barge music and the person who the the company that that does barge music they invite pianists from around the world to play inside the barge and so we are going down these streets and finally they park i go well, i don't see any chinese food restaurant they go well this is a surprise so we get out of the car and we walk in. Everybody's like swanktastic, like fabulous coats and amazing shoes and handbags. And we walk in and they hand us our program. And someone is playing Glenn Gould's Goldberg Variations by Bach. And the person who played it, played it with no sheet music. They, it is a long piece and there was no sheet music. This was like, like I had died and gone to heaven. I, I felt like it, it was one of these transcendent moments. Like you say, you know, music has a way to, of healing and transforming you, but I got to hear someone play Glenn Gould's Goldberg Variations by Bach on a barge. I think that we were in the Hudson River. 
Do you think Bach was the greatest pianist of all time? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like Bach. Uh, I mean, a lot of I like a lot of. I I also like No Sienz, No Sienz by Sen Sens. Is that am I saying it right? G N O I S S I E N No Sienz number one two three. Hello? Oh, I mean, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> it's not me. I mean, the greatest pianist of all time. No, I thought I, I, I had a few dreams before our call, but yeah, when you asked me hello, I thought uh, ground control to major tom, engine tom. <laughs> I'm kind of rambling. Sorry about that. Um, no, I think, how is it possible that he's been, I mean, he was deaf. Right, I mean Bach, and he. No, it was Be oh, no, wait a minute, Beethoven deaf, Bach's okay, and Beethoven. Yeah, Beethoven's oh. deaf, Bach is okay, and Mozart is oversexed. How is it possible to compose music being deaf? Oh, yeah. I don't. I have the history of Beethoven in front of me, but how is it possible to create? Starry Night. How is it possible to create some of the works by Picasso? I, I believe that music and artistic talent is inborn and it's just revealed in time. So many of the compositions of Mozart were already composed in his head and the only thing he did was push the, his fingers on the keyboard and played them. So that's just my idea is that music and art much of it is already finished in the mind of the composer, and it's just the physical reality of pressing the keyboards or doing the, the, the brush strokes. And, and we have one um, subscriber, Tony Carnes, who's very modest, and he he is he is an artist in his own right, and he does a lot of a lot of art. He lives outside of London, and you know um, maybe we'll get to talk to him one day. But you know, back to musicians. Um, like, how do you, well, like I'm a writer and sometimes the whole poem is composed in my head before I get the words. Like I, I'll get the image, I'll get, I'll get the whole thing finished. And the only thing I have to do is like, uh, push my pencil or paper onto the paper. So some people compose in the mind and then they just deliver it in the world. So like, you know, one of, one of my favorite movies is Amadeus, which is about the life of uh, Mozart. And, and it, you know, it's about how he composed, you know, for the emperor, emperors of, of Europe. But one of the most fabulous scenes is when Mozart is conducting Don Giovanni. Like, to me, that's like dying and going to heaven. <clears throat> I've, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that uh, many, many times, you know, the Don Giovanni where the dead father comes to haunt the son. That just gives me goosebumps. Gosh, yeah, a, I feel like I'm a drink. Amadeus, you mean the movie? Amadeus Mozart. Yeah. He's a real person, you know, who composed and lived in Vienna, was, was sponsored by King, I think it was King Joseph or emperor or something, Joseph. But the 
film version of it is just called Amadeus. And it's, it is really great. I would suggest to you and our subscribers that, that you know, watch, watch a YouTube video clip of it or a trailer, but it's like, I mean, I was living in Houston and I love, uh, I love Don Giovanni and somehow because I was a teacher, I had won some tickets because, you know, the opera decides that, you know, the common man needs to go to the opera every now and then. So I had something like 10 free tickets to Don Giovanni. So I took the daughter that was in high school and her best friend, the little middle school daughter who, you know, wasn't sure what she wanted to do with her life. And then a couple other students, we went there and the little middle school daughter fell asleep, you know, cause like, you know, she's like 11 years old and we're like listening to a three hour opera. And she was like, you know, mom, I'm supposed to be doing my homework. I go, you're at, you're at Don Giovanni, like try to pay attention. But I, I just know that, you know, in Texas, the arts have been, you know, supported, you know, quite, quite well be, before the Trump era. But I don't know, this, you know, I think that music and art has the power to transform us and lift us from the daily grind. Also, alcohol has that, <laughs> that potential. I know a few things uh, more, but... Uh... They are legal. Well, let's um, talk more about pianos. What other piano experiences have you had other than stumbling into this woman playing the piano? I don't mean to say you were stumbling. You happened upon. Yeah. Uh, other experiences from acoustic or digital? I don't know. I have. Uh, I told you that uh, I have a digital piano at my apartment. And uh, that's the only experience I'm having these days. <laughs> I'm not listening to opera. Yeah, sometimes therapy. I use, you know, that this video they post on YouTube, they're brilliant, brilliant. Before internet, people couldn't get any idea how many people play piano. But oh, now yeah. you can, yeah, you, you can find anything. And sometimes I uh, oblige myself and turn on, TV, because uh, it has an internet connection, I can see and hear like the whole picture in front of me. And some prodigy playing, you know what's funny? Imagine the airport and the dude that dressed like a bum somehow, because he's traveling from one place to another, but he's Olympic level pianist. And they make this prank now and then, but because in every airport there's a piano. And this bum dude comes to it and starts playing. Uh, and he plays like I don't know. I have no words how to describe this. No, I think but, I've seen. I think I've seen some of those. There's one one video of um, a young guy in Charles de Gaulle, de Gaulle Airport, and he's maybe I don't know, thirty years old, twenty five years old. He just goes up. He's sitting at a piano and he's playing a little bit. And another guy comes by with a backpack. I think one guy was French and the other guy was Polish or one guy was, that these were two men that did not know each other that just happened to be in the airport. And the one guy is playing, the French guy's playing and another guy comes by and just starts to join him. And then people just gather around him. It's like such a beautiful performance. And then I've also seen like in the subways of New York, there's sometimes pianists and uh, 
you know, guitar players or there, there's people on the streets of New York where there'll be a piano out on the streets. And like you said, just some random guy who looks like he's homeless will come up and just start playing the piano. And it's just so mind blowing. I, I think I've seen some of those videos. They're really, you know, I don't know. I see those and I just feel like, gosh, my life sucks. I need, I need to like go out on the street and start playing a piano or something. <laughs> Same here. But I absolutely love these kind of videos. I, I mean, it never fails to bring a smile to my face. Hey, um, yes. I don't mean to change the subject, but I guess, um, well, would that be too rude to say that, uh, how, how would we, uh, you know, wrap it up politely? Because we would um, wrap it up in our usual method by playing another musical instrument, the bell. Thank you. 